Hello and welcome to the Mix Era Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B. Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip hop from boom bap to trap. We are a group of hip hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip hop. My co-hosts are Kev, Terrell, and Malcolm. So Terrell, tell them where they can follow us on social media. They can follow us on Twitter at Mix Era Rap. That is Mix Era Rap. And also on Instagram on Mix Era Rap Pod. You will love to see what everything that we do. And you can also ask us questions about our show. All right. Thanks a lot, Terrell. Really appreciate that. For today's episode, we're going to be talking about our man Big Daddy Kane's interview on The Breakfast Club. We got an album review of Tusi. Thanks for believing. And finally, we're going to go over our main man, Talib Kweli's new project, Gotham. So let's jump into it. Here I am, R-A-W, a terrorist. Here to bring trouble to phony and seize. I move on and seize. I just conquer and solve another rapper with ease. Cause I'm at my apex and others are below. Nothing but a milliliter. I'm a kilo, second to none. Making MCs run, so don't try to step to me. Cause I ain't the one. I believe rappers just like Tylenol. And they know it. So I don't see why you all try to front. Perpetrating the stunt when you... All right. Now is our man Big Daddy Kane. So uh, let's jump into it with the old heads first. Kev, what were your thoughts on Big Daddy Kane's uh, interview for The Breakfast Club? It was great that they, um, they interviewed him and let him talk and let him, you know, just express himself and, and just drop so much history and knowledge just about his career as a whole. It was, it, you know, it was it was certain things in the interview that I didn't know and I was still amazed by it. And I, I just feel like, you know, some of these younger artists don't understand the struggles that the uh, that that our heroes or or the vets, what they had to go through just to establish what's going on in today's time. I mean, like you know, he said he was the DJ for Roxanne Chante, and it was just like I don't I, I didn't even know that, you know. So to groom get that grooming from one of the best females out there and figure out um, how to manage the stage presence and what touring was like, how to deal with contracts or music executives and everything of that nature. But then the turnaround, he paid it forward because he was an early mentor to Jay-Z. And we see how that, you know, you see where he's at now. So, you know, just to hear, you know, hearing the the Juice Crew stories, um, his, his amazing relationship with Biz Marquis, it was just, it was just, it was a, it was impactful. It was exciting. It was fun. It was just great just to hear that you know Kane Kane is Kane is a guy that doesn't get a lot, a lot of love, but he made these albums that was just that touched on so many different topics. You know, like Big Daddy Kane albums were so universal. It wasn't just one topic or kind of one setting. You know, he gave you the radio stuff. He gave you street stuff. He gave you lyrical stuff. He gave you everything on the album. And you know, a lot of people don't really give him credit for that. But it was just amazing to hear that, you know, one of our legends, he still still has a viable career today. Um, he's still making money. He's still successful. He's not bitter, which is a huge thing. And it was just a pleasure that he was able, you know, to lend his voice out. And, you know, we, we, we see where he's at now. And it's, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I appreciate the interview. I really appreciate that, Kev. Let's move on to me. Man, you know, Big Daddy Kane is one of my contemporaries. We're around the same age. 
this interview is one that was mostly needed, you know, badly needed. A lot of people just don't understand what uh, it was to be a rapper in the 80s. You know, I know a lot of young people are catching on now, but it was a tough road. You know, a lot of uh, makeshift stuff was happening and you just had to do what you had to do in order to get on, you know. And if it was uh, big having to battle Biz and I'll be square mall to get put on with Biz and then having the DJ for Roxanne, Roxanne, uh, Roxanne Shantae. That's what you had to do to get put on. You know, and, and in his own words, you know, Kane was like, maybe if I would have uh, waited another year or two, I could have had more longevity. And I appreciate him, you know, giving us that honesty. You know, I'm glad that he gave us a little insight on um, Biz's health because I know Biz was um, uh, had gotten uh, sick over this past pandemic. And uh, a lot of people were afraid that, you know, he, he might uh, become an ancestor but he is in rehab and doing well so that was important that was important to hear as well as some of his ghostwriting stories for different people uh, the story about uh, warner brothers taking him off of the uh, prince um, soundtrack that prince did for the batman the first batman movie that was really interesting to hear about the thing that most tripped me out was you know it was my assumption that there was a bit of a beef between uh, rakim and kane but to hear from him saying that there wasn't one was, you know, very startling for me because, again, these were two of the top rappers at the time. And they were kind of in each other's genre as far as how they flowed. So that was important to hear his relationship with Benny Medina and Quincy Jones. That was great to hear about as well. And the biggest thing is, unlike a lot of older rappers, you know, Kane was like, hey, your top five is your top five. You know, they're going to people they're going to be people that's going to have him in his in their top five. And they're people who are not going to have him in his top five and that he was cool with that. And I like the fact that, you know, he even told a story about his son listening to J. Cole saying that that was old school, you know, and that's just how it is. You know, unfortunately, we have put ourselves in a space where we don't give our artists longevity. I'm in hopes that down the road with this platform that we've created, that we'll be able to push the uh, motive for that we should uh, have our artists last longer and be around longer and, and, and really show some love to our pioneers in the game. I think it's extremely important. And let's see if it, you know, this really takes off. We hope so. So for our listeners, please, you know, show some love to our old heads. All right, moving on. Uh, Terrell, what were your thoughts on Big Daddy Kane's interview on The Breakfast Club? Just to hear his side of the story, because there was a lot of things they, a lot of people talked about Big Daddy King about. So just to hear him to express what he was going to do at the time period where he was trying to come up in the game. And I know a lot of stories about him, how he was the person that you didn't want to battle rap to because he was hardcore. He was he was that person. Like, and I'm I'm kind of sad that I. I wasn't born around that time age to hear good music. If I would have heard this type of music back then to now, I wouldn't probably, half the people I listen to now, I wouldn't probably listen to because of how he raps, how he flows, how he cares about himself. So that it was a very good interview that I could see myself to watching and knowing, knowing about his side of the story of him coming up, becoming a, the one of the greatest yeah, that's what's up, Terrell, man. Appreciate that. Let's move on to our youngest in charge, 
Malcolm, what were your thoughts on Big Daddy Kane's interview on The Breakfast Club? So um, I really enjoyed um, listening to him and I appreciate The Breakfast Club for featuring him on their show. Um, I just enjoyed how he explained the history of um, him and the Grush, uh, the Juice crew and how um, the, the trials, trials and tribulations they went through throughout their throughout their history. He also explained how um, Bismarck Key impacted his um, performance and um, and just stage presence skills. And when you talk about how he incorporated the the um, the James Brown kind of uh the the coat drop i mean the um the what is it called when he the cape drop you know when he puts it on puts it on james's back he trying to uh, uh big daddy can't try to incorporate that in his um in his his show and when you're just talking about his um his you talk about big daddy Kane's performance and his stage presence and his just how he conducts his shows when we talk about how scoop and scratch we, he did some 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 he shared about how him and his DJs and his dancers all coordinated together with with the whole outfits and their hair and stuff like that, just trying to present all the the same look um, as Big Daddy Kane, you know. And um, another part that I um, I enjoyed about the interview is when Big Daddy Kane put emphasis on how it's about at that time in the rap game it was about who was the best MC. That's it, and it was about skills alone, and it, there was no. It, you couldn't fraud or any faking anything because it was based off of skill and it was an actual art at the time and you would be competing and people would be judging you based off of other artists around other boroughs of the city. So um, loved hearing that, um, that part of the interview, all in all, just enjoyed, enjoyed just having him featured and just, just shining some light on his past and, and just giving him his roses while he's still alive, you know, He's one of the legends that are still, still breathing, and um, and the Breakfast Club did a did a um a good service to the people for having him on the show. All right, really appreciate that, Malcolm. That's what's up. We again, like the young man said, we just got to keep these uh, pioneers lifted up and and give them a platform so that they can earn a living as well. We don't need another Black Rob. We don't need another situation where our um pioneers or our golden era rappers are expiring uh penniless it's just not a cool move so moving on our next segment is going to be a album review of tusi and his album thanks for believing and this is going to be a streamer no stream segment of our show so let's jump into it with one of the songs that we thought was notable and that is in my eyes. Well, know the devil will proud it, but she gotta go someday. I wake up telling Lex how I feel some days. These days ain't easy, you know. I get sick and like a nigga fuck around and sneezed in the flow. T to the O, O to the S. That's I, I. It's gonna take more than a plaque just to make a dog cry. I don't win gold off the love songs that I sold, but I feel like it's getting old. I can switch it. All right. And that was In My Eyes by Tusi. So let's start off with the youngins. Uh, Malcolm, what were your thoughts on In My Eyes by Tusi? Great production. Tusi is, he is, this is a, is a, a track for him. You know, um, he feeds off of the, the slow, 
um, R&B kind of 90s kind of uh, feature tracks. And, um, and and he really feeds off those. So um, I expected expected it to, to be this. I mean, it was a great song, you know, good song. Um, he's not the most talented rapper. I'm not sure what he is. Um, we've discussed Tusi in the past. But I mean, I enjoyed this song. One of my uh, actual songs I liked from his project. But other than that, uh, that's all it was. All right. That's what's up, Malcolm. Really appreciate that. Um, let's move on to Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on In My Eyes by Tusi? I, I just don't want it in my eyes. That's all I can tell you about this. This is I I've been listening to Tusi for a while, and as Malcolm said, you, you don't know how to categorize him. It's like it's a hit and miss. So when we had discussed this album, I'm just like I listened to it, and I was like I feel like it sounds like his last couple of albums that he made and MPs, and I'm just like mm, I think he he would need somebody to mentor him to be who he need to be but i just don't know who is the right mentor to have so yeah all right i feel you on that uh terrell appreciate that input let's move on to uh my my uh thoughts on this i was not a huge fan of this particular track i did think his flow was good the production value on on a lot of music these days is very high so we give him you know points for the good production i thought the content was garbage but that the flow was pretty good so let's move on to our anchor man kev kev what were your thoughts on in my eyes by tusi i feel like it was a, a good opener for an album I've seen his name before, but I've never really listened to his uh, his music. I mean, you know, it's 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 the standard of uh, what a lot of artists are doing t- today. So he's not really groundbreaking or really setting himself apart in any way. It wasn't a bad song. Uh, it, it, like I said, it, it's a very nice opener. It kind of it set a tone for what we got later on, and you know, we'll we'll discuss that down the line. But it, it wasn't bad. That's what's up, Kev. Really appreciate that. Let's move on to the next song that we thought was notable from the album, and that was Shop featuring the baby. All right, and that was Shop featuring the baby. And I'll start this one off and say that hey, this was a very well produced track. I enjoyed the uh, baby's verse. Again, I thought that Tussie's uh, verse was, uh, as far as lyrically, was was whack, but definitely the flow was strong. And again, the production was very, very good. You know, it's 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 hard. It's hard out here. You know, for uh, uh, an enthusiast like myself, if if the if I listen to the song a couple times and I'm just not feeling what the rapper is saying. So with that, I'll move on to uh, Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on Shop featuring the baby? Like you, you said it best. Like I only like the song because of um the baby, um part. But his delivery in this one was 
it was kind of weak, but I thought he was trying to save himself in some of the verses, but it wasn't a good hit. Like, what saved the song was the baby verse, and I liked the instrumental part of it, and that was good. But, like I said, with two sheets, yeah, it's a hit and miss. Yeah, that's what's up, Terrell. Appreciate that. Let's move on to Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on Tusi's song Shop featuring the baby? Similar to you uh, all's opinion on Tusi, uh, did not favor his his verse in this song, nor did I really like the baby's verse either. Uh, I'm not a big fan of either of these art uh, uh, either of these artists artists. Um, I, I just the baby. He's become one dimensional in my eyes. Um, I found out about him a very long time ago. He came out with a song called Texas Ranger, and I it was different. And I thought he was going to change the game. He wasn't talking about shooting, killing people, drug game stuff. It was a he had he had some creativity, and he had a a, uh, a premise behind his his music video. So I thought he was going to just basically bust the whole rap game open with his 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 new new wave of thinking when you talk about concepts but that's not what occurred we already have discussed Tuzi. he's just i mean he's riding the wave i feel like similar to other artists that we can mention as of now popularity is there just come out with music good beats and you don't sound bad Oh, you gotta and you gotta create a facade, you know. So I mean, the song's okay. Uh, don't really enjoy it that much. All right, that's what's up, Malcolm. Really appreciate that. That's what I'm talking about. You know, honesty is everything. So we're gonna move on to our anchor man, uh, Kev. Kev, what were your thoughts on "Shop" featuring the baby? This sounded like a song that was on the cutting room floor of a debate the baby's album session of any one of his albums. It didn't sound like anything that um, Tootsie or whoever's on his team would have put together. It sounded like something that the baby went in the studio, picked the beat out, recorded, said, hey, it needs a feature, and they called somebody and put the feature on there. And at somewhere along the lines, it's like the baby said, no, I don't want this song anymore. You can have it. That, it, it didn't sound like, it sounded like a little bit, ba- it sounded like a, the baby song. I mean, like the beats, the flow, um, even what they were talking about, it sounded like everything that the baby would do, you know, something that has become his signature sound. So for me, it took away from the song because if if you're borrowing someone else's sound, it's kind of like, eh, you wasn't creative enough to do something on your own. So I, I didn't like that aspect of it. Yeah, that's what's up. I'm telling you, uh, Kev, you were spot on with that. It definitely did not feel like a Tusi song. It felt like he was reaching for something that he couldn't achieve, and uh, and, and and it showed in the uh, overall uh, f- effort. So with that, we're going to move on to the next song that we thought was notable from the album, and that was Greater Storms. Don't try to turn back. You can come out the Bible there and try to burn facts. It's a cold game, so I still gotta keep the heat in the sauna. Cause it's a good chance you'll leave by tomorrow. Hey, ain't got a close friends, cause your close friends ain't your close friends. The only time I don't need somebody when the globe spin. Uh, 
to that said they not gonna broke, I'm gonna get ballsy. I ain't never thought to go all right, and that was Greater Storm by Tusi from the Thanks for Believing album. Let's jump into it with Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on the song Greater Storm? Like I said with Tusi, it's a hit or miss. I'm always going to say with Tusi is a hit or miss. It's like, I don't know when he's rapping or when he's singing. It's He gives a, he gives a verb of both, but it's hard to tell. And like, the way how he libertizes his words in it is like it's being rushed. Well, not rushed, but it's like it's not trying to flow in. Like, I feel like in part of this song, like he was just going straight through without pausing or type of flowing with the intermental. So, yeah, I didn't really like the song either. So, yeah, I feel you on that, Terrell. It is what it is. Let's move on to uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on? Greater Storms by Tusi. Out of all the songs we've discussed from this um, this project, this is my favorite. Similar to the last comments I made, this is the type of song that he can perform his best on. I feel like instead of rapping on this one, I believe he came with his his melody, and um, this is a hit, you know. And that's pretty much all I can say about it. It's exactly straight to the point. Yeah, that's what's up, Malcolm. I feel you on that. We're now um, jumping to it with uh, Kev. Kev, what were your thoughts on Tootsie, Greater Storm? I, I enjoyed it uh, a little bit. Um, you know, I think I, I was kind of, you know, fading out on the album, I think, around the time this song came on. So it kind of pulled me in a little bit. It, you know, like like everyone is saying, you know, it's, it's hit or miss with this album or, you know, I guess what, Tootsie does. Um, this is really my first time really really sitting down and kind of uh digesting what he has. So it was it was a lot of ups and it was a lot of downs, um, more downs for me all overall, but this was a good uh in the middle of the album song. Yeah, that's what's up, uh <laughs> I feel you. Uh it was definitely I think it was structured well. There was enough uh, songs on each one of the tracks. I'm sorry, it was enough songs on this particular project that they had them spaced out correctly because, you know, it started off a little weak and then you had a couple of nice songs in there. Then the middle was, a little, you know, towards the middle was a little weak and then you had the middle songs and then it got a little weak again and then it had a couple at the tail end that were reasonable uh, hits or to, reasonable to listen to. And that's a tough thing to try to uh, grapple with when you're trying to listen and give your full effort on uh, an opinion on an album. And um, it, it, it was tough. It was just really tough. I, uh, I thought overall it was a worthwhile effort. Uh, the production was good. I think that this particular song will probably be a winner for him. And he'll probably get a lot of streams off of that particular song. And with that, we'll move on to um, uh, the next song that we thought was notable from the album. And that was What It Cost from the Thanks for Believing project by Tusi. Hey, Roshan! Talk to me nice, so don't talk to me twice. I've been in my bed. 
paranoid, I got PTSD, 30 in my man. I came from rags and riches ain't trying to go back to the rags. My new little bitch been trippin', now you really tryna be no dad. I thought you seen it in me, I'm a star. Don't switch to rapper, niggas switch to car. I left the earth and ended up on Mars. That mean I'm sitting next to the stars. I thought you seen it on me, I got All right, and that was what it cost off of the Thank for Believing project by Tootsie. I'm going to start this one off and say that for me, you know, <laughs> again, oh, not only are we going to start this one uh, with our opinions, but this is also going to be a part of the show where we do our stream or no stream. And for me, again, it's tough. It's really tough because I thought his flow on this particular one was very good. I thought it was average brag rap, but the beat was solid, a little mundane, but definitely solid. And it'll probably end up being probably his biggest hit on the particular project. But it is what it is. And for me, I'm going to say it's a no stream. All right, let's move on to uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on the song, What It Cost? And is this a stream or no stream? I'm going to begin with saying this is a no stream. Will not be streaming this other than having to listen to this now. And the song production is just hit or miss i don't know because you just it's, it's never something that i don't know the cohesion is just not there with me with the production and then that translates to the artist's what he produces and what he brings to the song and it is not quality um so this will be a no stream for me all right that's what's up malcolm appreciate that let's move on to uh terrell terrell what was your thoughts on what it costs and this is a stream or no stream for you terrell so we're not gonna ignore that he did a little bite off a little a little baby because that's how i got this song way how it flow the beat and all that i got a little baby vibe and i'm just like mm, one minute you're sing like i said once again sing when you're singing and rapping it's also it's like it minds minds bottling me sometimes so like yeah no this is a no stream. This is definitely a no stream. I would not be listening to this album or I wouldn't be listening to this album no more under the time that we listen to this now. And I just hope he grows from this album to better. And I may listen to his other album, but, but this one right here, no. Yeah, I feel you on that, uh, Terrell. Definitely was a lot of baby in that. Definitely felt baby, you know, the, the, the little baby feel to that song. But again, how many other artists have the little baby sound to them? So it's really tough. It's super tough. You know, no one's trying to set themselves out. You know, they all want to gain, you know, crowd together and have this, you know, security blanket of the same sound that we know is selling in today's current market. You know, it's the standouts that we try to applaud on this platform. And that's what really matters to us. So hopefully we will find in the near future that other artists are stepping away again, not knocking Tootsie go out there and get your, get your bag, man, do your thing. You know, this is how we do it these days. And, you know, we just hope that there are enough artists out there brave enough to have their own way and want to make art and not just make a bag. All right. So let me, let's, uh, and, and uh, let me finish this one off with our anchor man, Kev, Kev, what were your thoughts on what it cost? And is this a stream or no stream? I was disappointed because normally when you know the uh, younger 
rappers of today, male and female, they normally when they flow like this, it's it's like you said, um, it's braggadocious. It's it's um, they're saying something, it, and it kind of pulls you in. But with this song, it was it was so it was so soft or so R and B ish that it, it it took me away because I was expecting a lot more from this particular song, and he didn't deliver. Overall, I would say it's a no stream. It was too many ups and downs for me. You know, the first two, three songs, I was kind of like, oh, okay, this is this is not, not going to be too bad. And then they dipped down. It kind of, you know, he had a moment here and there in the middle. And then at the end, it went down again. So, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to tell somebody, you know, create your own lane when you don't have to do a lot of work and you can be somewhat successful. You have to just get to a point that, you know, you want to either love what you're doing or you have to, you know, develop this mind state of, I don't want to sound like everybody else, but it's it's hard to do, though. It's hard to do. I mean, like, if you could just, you know, wake up, make a song pretty much that sounds similar to somebody else's and then, you know, going about your day and it's a number one hit. I mean, you know, who wouldn't do it? You know, I would do it. If I could make a song sound like Drake or or you know, the baby, a little baby, somebody, I would do it and I could care less when anybody really thought about it. I mean, you know, until I got my money up and then I'd be like, okay, let me, you know, make something that, you know, that's about the art. But I mean, overall, it's about getting the money at the end of the day. And it's kind of hard to say, you sound like little baby. So what? <laughs> people, people support it. So it's a, it's a no for me. And, you know, I hope the fans at some point say we want more instead of the norm yeah definitely that's what's up kev appreciate that man i'm telling you you right on the point with just hit you hit the nail on the on the head there with that uh comment so with that we're going to move on to our last segment and that is going to be an artist spotlight of our man talib Kwalib and his new project gotham and we're going to play a notable track from that album and that's attention span I'm out now. Yo, you don't pay attention, man. That's why your money is the size of your attention span. And you don't pay attention, man. That's why your money is the size of your attention span. Damn. You don't pay attention, man. That's why your money is the size of your attention span. Hold tight. This is the last time you hear me. I'm out now. My New York niggas move keys like Cal J to get the cream like Alfredo with beefsteak tomatoes on heat like potatoes. Bombs bursting in the air like my banners. Star Spangles start hearing all these trumpets. All right. And that was Attention Span off of the Gotham album by our man Talib Kweli. So let me start this one off and say that this particular uh, track, man, was, you know, the flow was just crazy, crazy dope. Uh, the lyrics were amazing. Uh, Talib has done it again. Unfortunately for him and over his career, uh, he's just not been able to get the best production. Again, the production was solid. It just was not that push you to the next level production that was going to be a super hit, unfortunately, for that particular track. So with that, we'll move on and say, uh, Terrell, what were your thoughts on Attention Span by Talib Kweli? The first few bars, they got me. I'm like, okay. And then came to the point where he said about something about New York. He got something with potatoes. I'm just like, um, I, I just got lost in the song. 
But like you said, he have not really gotten that best good quality of production. And I'm going to save what I want to save at the end of this. But this could have been a better song to me. All right, I feel you on that, Terrell. Let's move on to uh, Kev. Kev, what were your thoughts on Attention Span off the Gotham uh, project by Talib Kweli? It was okay. It, it had a mixtape feel to it, and I think that's what threw me off. I didn't have an open mind listening to any of these songs on here. You know, I kind of, I thought it was an album, and, and everything sounds so much like a mixtape. It, it, it kind of threw me off a little bit. But it, it wasn't bad. It just it didn't sound like an album song. It sounded like a mixtape song to me. So it kinda for me there is a difference between mixtapes and albums. So it's it wasn't what I expected, but it was okay. Yeah, I feel you on that, uh Kev. Now that you make that statement, I definitely feel as though it was definitely mixtape as far as the production was concerned, you know. And, you know, I don't know if that was the sound he was going for, but now that you've said it, it's out there. This was definitely weak production. Let's move on to uh, Malcolm and let Malcolm anchor this one. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on Talib Kweli's Gotham attention span? Attention span was a, a phenomenal song. Um, the the hook uh, enjoyed it. And then he just had some just humble jabs throughout the entire song on on just just all leading back to the the main premise about the attention span. And I just enjoyed the wordplay and the, just the entirety of the song. Could have done without Skizu, Skizu. Um, Could have done without that feature. Um, did not feel like he added anything beneficial to the song. Um, it sounded a lot better with just just uh, Talib, and we're gonna leave it at that. Yeah, I feel you on that, uh, Malcolm. It was probably based off of him at this point in his career trying to put younger artists on and give him a platform. You know, maybe that's why he put him on this thing. I don't know how well he did or didn't do. Unfortunately, he's going up against a master, you know, a wordsmith. So it was very hard for me to grasp how well he did. Maybe if he was on a, a, a track with someone else that was less skilled, I could see where he is as an artist. Uh, oh, Skazu? Yeah. You never heard of him before? Nah, never heard of him before, Kev. He's not he's not young. He's been out for a long time. He's um he's a very, very underground artist. If you look at some of uh Joel Ortiz stuff before he hooked up with Slaughterhouse, you would hit you would see Skazu on there. It's another guy. Uh it's like it's a bunch of underground guys. Uh Skazoo, Joel Ortiz, um, Tanya Morgan, um, it's a couple of other guys. They normally they tour together and they kinda uh feature each other on their albums. But no, Skazoo is he's he's normally nice though. He's nice. I mean, he can be selective or um he's not everybody's cup of tea, I will say that. But he's been out for a while though. All right. Well, I appreciate that enlightenment. Again, I I didn't catch on to Joel Ortiz until he had a project, a small project uh, EP, I think, right before he joined Slaughterhouse. That's when I caught on with Joel Ortiz and then been following him ever since he was with Slaughterhouse. So I really didn't pick up on the um, Skizu and nor uh, Tanya Morgan. I had heard about Tanya Morgan, but I really just didn't jump on it because it, it wasn't 
you know, no one was really peeping it and saying it was really strong, you know, but I definitely seen some of the tracks out there. I never, you know, none of their stuff is like club music for me. I don't really do a lot of uh, underground sets. My sets are usually, you know, um, re, you know, class reunions, family reunions, weddings. And, uh, you know, if I'm doing a club, it's usually a 35 and older club. So I just n- never was able to get their music on. So that's right. probably why I, I, they, you know, they passed my radar. Yeah, it's like uh, Sky Zoo, um, Apollo Brown. You ever heard of him? Nah. Again, that uh, that that yeah. underground work. <laughs> I just was not able to get into it because they, they, the problem was during that transitional time when Ortiz was coming up. The the New York sound, they just didn't have the right production, so they weren't doing a lot of dance songs. Well. It, it, well, it's it's a lot. A lot of it, it was they were trying to adapt the uh, a boom bat sound, but uh, uh, like because because they were so underground and they they kind of formed their own coalition, even though they were signed maybe to different labels or you might have been from a different neighborhood or a different region. But just the fact of you got these underground guys who have similar content. And they're all trying to be on a come up, but they actually all look out for each other. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's not like it's not like you know one is 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 like okay, I'm gonna use these guys up, and then when I get big, I'm gonna forget about them. No, like they like I said, they all feature each other on their stuff in some capacity. So it's it's yeah, it's that it's that it's that funky little early two thousands. What 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 people was trying to adjust to make boom bat sound like and i don't think a lot of people you know either didn't understand what boom bat should be or they just wanted to change it in some way so some of the stuff it, it, it could throw you off some of it is a, an acquired taste and some of it is you can see uh where they're trying where certain producers or certain mcs are trying to experiment with certain sounds or certain lyric lyrics or certain flows um and yeah it's 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 it's, it's it, it, it was a weird well not a weird time it was just a time where there were a lot of guys who were uh big fans of tribe called quest and they didn't want to be considered backpack rappers that's another thing in itself um so they were you know they were they were you know a lot of people looked at them as backpack rappers even though they was like that's not that's not us so it, it, I, I would say listen to their stuff. I would say, you know, Torre and Skazoo, um, early Joel Ortiz, um, Apollo Brown, who's still producing today, even some early Ransom stuff. Like, I don't know what's going on with Ransom, but he has, Ransom right now might be one of the best lyrical guys out there. But yeah, Ransom, you could throw him into that mix with uh, Skazoo and all that. But y- yeah, you know, it's, you got to be like a real, real underground hip hop head with an open mind to, you know, to kind of really grasp this stuff though. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. The avant-garde scene was just not for me during that particular time. Cause I was in my heyday as far as, you know, I was playing, I was playing most of the, the, the you know, the younger uh, club spots in the early two thousands. And, you know, if you didn't have a song that I could mix in with something that was danceable, then I wasn't going, I wasn't checking for your music, you know? And then, and if you weren't in record pools at the time, you know, just as uh, when you're busy, I mean, I mean, I'm, I was doing, 
it shows, you know, I was doing events probably weekly. So I just didn't have a lot of time to reload or, or research any of the underground stuff, but definitely will give them an opportunity. I'm always down for stuff like that. So it is what it is. We'll move on to our next song that we thought was notable from the Gotham uh, project. And that is The Quiet One featuring Busta Rhymes. One, that's when I begun. Professional, I get deeper from the vibe. Need to vibrate higher. We spiritually half awake. You like the guy on the couch, you be getting you half baked. I'm in New York. I'll be seeing the literal rap race. These Nazis still want to give us the literal gas face. He's not satisfied with all of the niggas to cash trace. Son is criminal. He's racist and digital blackface. These rappers, actors that deliver considerably bad takes. With horses so pregnant, they physically lactate. These niggas fake, and they staying in lyrical last place. It's the miracle, a diamond be and that was the quiet one off of the gotham project by talib khalib and that song was featuring busta rhymes i'm gonna start this one off and just say that i thought the flow on this was very very good he was killing it again just a you know a wordsmith and this was one of his better produced songs off of this project and then busta's verse again busta is just you know at a, a a level of hardness from his 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 language in his songs that just is on another platform. He's just going to the stratosphere with his new sound, and uh, I appreciate it a lot. And uh, I thought this was probably one of my favorite songs from this particular project. So with that, we'll move on to uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on the Quiet One off of the Gotham? So I'm going to have to say the quiet one was my favorite song um, off of this project. Hadn't heard Busta Rhymes on anything in for for some time. And it, that was a, that was a treat um, to hear him mixed with uh, mashed up, paired up with Taliki Kweli on a, on a nice, nice track. Enjoyed the content. Um, I mean, it's just it's good to see. I, I, I've said this on several um, several occasions. It's just good to see these artists continuing to to produce music, and they're still just working on their craft and evolving. And it's just a treat for them to be able to share their expertise and, and their skills with new audiences and younger audiences while they're still here. So I, it was a treat to listen to this. Yeah, that's what's up, Malcolm. Really appreciate that. Let's move on to uh, Kev. Kev, what were your thoughts on the Quiet One from Talib Kweli's Project Gotham? Yeah, just like Michael said, I think it was the uh, best song on the whole album. It was a perfect sound for Talib and Busta Rhymes. They both shine on beats uh, that have this sound, and the way they both flowed on it was just, you know, both two things that kind of blended together and gelled so well to create a hit. I'm surprised that, you know, a lot more people are not actually talking about this song because it was just that that good. Um, and it was just a perfect sound for them both. And then they came with the right lyrics to kind of fit everything and make it, you know, one of the best songs that's out this year. Yeah, definitely feel you on that, uh, Kev. Again, <laughs> 2021 has been a great year. We appreciate everybody, even though the production on this particular project is not to the level that we find as excellent. It does have some gems in it and and, and that matters. So let's move on to uh, Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on The Quiet One from the Gotham album by Talib Kweli and Busta Rhymes? 
I actually forgot that Buster Rhymes was on this on this track. Track. I loved it. Cause just just to hear Buster Rhymes how he flows and stuff, and it never gets old hearing Buster Rhymes flowing. But like I said, with this this project right here, it's I just wish people had better production on making music or who they trust on a team. And I feel like you gotta let the artist be the artist and just guide him. Don't take the production shouldn't have to take everything from the artist but yeah this this song was good but like i said i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say to the end all right that's what's up terrell really appreciate that now we're gonna move on to another song that we found notable from the project and that is on mamas i've never been to, i've never been to staten island i've never been to long island i've never been to all and I'm gonna end the if I can keep it real with you right now. I'm I never trying to leave. Yeah. I ain't never leaving, bro. One on the night, I caught a flight to Jamaica to get away from all the stresses of life and all the fights I had to break. I bought the studio with me. I'm picky about the spots of recording. Plus, the drones that got an angel is full. And I'm on the beach with my bay definition of cupcake and niggas hating in my skin so dark. I look Jamaican awkwardly dropping between my casual conversation on vacation, getting further away from the frustrations. But all right, and that was On Mama from the Gotham Project by Talib Kweli. Let's start this one off with uh, Malcolm. Malcolm, what were your thoughts on the track? And let's not forget, we're also going to do stream or no stream as we finish out this particular project. So, Malcolm, what were your thoughts on On Mamas from uh, Gotham and Talib Kweli? This uh, this song just shows his 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 talent and why. Um, he is he's solidified in the rap game. Extremely underrated. Um, one of my favorite artists when you talk about hip hop artists of all time. Um, this is just a just a just a, a compliment to his his career in his catalog. It sounds just like Kwali. Reminds me of I can't recall that I shouldn't have brought up this song if I don't have the name on on deck right now. But reminds me of uh, one of my previous songs I've listened to with him on it. I believe he was with Most Def on it. Uh, I can't recall what song it was though. But I mean, it's just this was a spectacular song. We'll have to discuss the uh, the title on Mamas and how that correlates to uh, his his uh, what he rapped about in the song and the content. But this is a this is a nice song and I'll be adding it to one of my playlists. All right. Well, was this a stream or no stream? Malcolm? This is a stream. All right. That's what's up. Really appreciate that. So let's move on to uh, Terrell. Terrell, what were your thoughts on On Mama? This actually was a sick song. I can't I'm not going to lie. This was really a sick song. Now I'm going to give my two cents on this. This is a no stream. I'm going to jump that off. Some of the fact that on the original production of this, he had about 30 songs. Half the songs that's on this album to production told him put down. From the other 20 songs on there, a good 15 songs should have been on this album. But like I said, production said, hey, this is what we feel like this should have been on there. The other one is a little bit, mm, we're not too sure. But that's his way of flowing, his way of rapping. And I'm mad that production took from him. 
And I guarantee you, if he would have had some of those songs on it, this song would have been on top on my top list of album of the year, to be honest. So that's why I said, this is a no string. I'm upset. And I hope that artists pick and choose who their production should be. Make sure you have that freedom of what music you want to put down. Don't let the production pick for you or anything. And that's all I got to say. Yeah, that's definitely what's up, Terrell. Really appreciate that honesty. You know, that's what we're talking about on this platform. We're going to give it to you rough and rugged and raw. And that's how we get down. Uh, For me, this particular song on Mamas was a real good look. You know, I thought that it was a big salute to Brooklyn. And I know, uh, you know, that's uh, uh, Terrell's place of uh, where he lives. So I know he appreciate that, at least that much of it. But definitely the project itself uh, needed some uh, boost as far as the production was concerned. In general, I thought it was enough hits or enough songs that I enjoyed to call this a stream for me. You know, so I'm definitely going to stream it. Uh, this salute on Mamas was definitely one for me. I thought that he had another song on here uh, in due time that had a really nice vibe of some old school Talib Kweli with the female R&B uh, singing the hook. You know, and you never can go wrong with Talib uh, doing a song with an R&B artist on 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 his hook. So definitely stream for me. Let's move on to our anchorman. Kev, what were your thoughts on On Mama? And is this a stream or no stream project for Gotham? Overall, um, as far as On Mamas, I, I did like it. It just, it just felt like a, like I said, it just felt like a mixtape song, which which is not a bad thing. It's just, you know, I feel like it's it's a different sound to it. But I, I did like it. Uh, overall, I can't say stream or no stream yet because I was anticipating the album, but Everything sounds so much like a mixtape. And now hearing Terrell say that it was more to it than what it actually was released. So it's like, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not there to say yes or no yet. I have to give it another listen or so and kind of have an open mind because I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect something that sounded like a mixtape. It didn't sound mixed to me. You know, he had Diamond D on it. And it just kind of, it, did, it felt like it was, it felt like he wasted. It felt like Diamond D either was wasting his time or Talib wasted Diamond's D time. It, it just, I don't know. It had a bunch of hits, but it didn't have for ten songs. It could have been like eight bangers, and it, it you know it have been great. But I got, I got, I got to hear it again. But overall, it wasn't bad. It's just, I don't. It's a question mark for me right now. Yeah, that's what's up, Kevin. It is what it is. You know, all we want is that rough, rugged, you know, that honest opinion. And and it is what it is. You got to hear it some more. And with that, we'd like to say thank you to our listeners. We really appreciate you. Uh, you can email us with questions or comments at under a groove network at gmail.com. Again, that's under a groove network at gmail.com. That's our production company. And please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Terrell, tell them where they can follow us on social media. You can follow us at Twitter at Mix Ever Rap. That is Mix Ever Rap. And you can follow us on Instagram at Mix Ever Rap Pod. All right. We appreciate that, Terrell. And with that, we out of here. Peace. Peace.